want you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. Suck in the guts, guys. We're the Ghostbusters. I am the one who knocks. My dark passenger. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Don't call me Junior. I certainly hope this little incident hasn't put you off flying, miss. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Hey everyone, welcome back to Talkin' Geek. Hope everybody had a good holiday. I had a great holiday. How about you? Well, we were together after. In all. case you haven't listened, in cases you haven't heard this podcast before, uh, I'm Danny. I'm Heidi. And um, yeah, so it's it's just it's it's New Year's Eve Eve of 2019, just about for the new year. Yeah, this will be our last podcast episode recorded for the year. I have to say, it was great getting our podcast back up and running. We had a few episodes of Talking Geek um, a few years ago, and then we went on a long hiatus <laughs> yeah, and decided that we wanted to bring it back, and I'm really excited. I'm glad we did. I think there's a lot that we want to talk about still. We've got a lot to say and a lot of thoughts about all kinds of things, and, yeah, and, and past and, and present. And it's a very personal podcast, so... Um, listenership could go up or down just because we, we podcast about all the, like what we're interested in. So this episode, hopefully will people will be very interested in cause it's a big topic. Uh, star Wars, the rise of Skywalker. Um, we just went and saw that we saw that opening night. So the Thursday, so it's it's funny how opening nights are our Thursdays now because and they used to be midnight shows. Yeah, they don't have midnight showings anymore. Which I got to be honest, getting a little bit older, I don't mind not having midnight showings. <laughs> Me either. They're tough. I saw I saw at least one of the Star Wars. I saw episode two at a midnight showing. Uh, so um, Attack of the Clones. I did not. Which ones prior to um, you and I uh, get, getting together? Which we got together. The end of 2005, so mm-hmm. um, uh, Revenge of the Sith had just come out that summer, but we, we weren't together then. So which ones had you, had, you, had you seen in the theater? The only one I had seen in the theater was um, The Phantom Menace, actually. You didn't go... So, so you saw The Phantom Menace, but you didn't go back to see Attack of the Clones or Revenge no, of the Sith? No, because I hadn't seen four five and six and so i saw number one and like it was all new to me and i hadn't really gotten into the lore i went with a bunch of friends and i went because there's a big zeitgeist about this new star wars movie and actually so this is this will show our age a little bit um it came out when we were in middle school we were in eighth grade and i think we were just starting high school because it came out in 1999 Although it was May 1999, so I think, which would have been right at the tail end of eighth grade, actually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I remember because my eighth grade math teacher was arranging to go with a group of students and like everybody in our, I don't remember, (laughs) it was like advanced algebra or whatever advanced math we were in. They were all going, you know, a bunch of nerds. And so I went just because of FOMO. I had forgotten that. But I um, I knew nothing. I had forgotten that. Phantom Menace came out in, in May of that year because in, in my head all these like since then I've been like oh it came out at the beginning of high school but no because of where it fell in the year it came yeah. out right at the end of middle school so that means attack um Phantom Menace came out when we were in middle school or at least uh for for me eighth grade was middle school and the ninth grade starts high school and so um Attack of the Clones was 2002 so we would have been juniors mm-hmm so that's I saw that one in the theater, and then depending um, on time of the year, could have been Revenge seniors. of the Re- Revenge of the Sith um, was two thousand five. So we was it was the summer between sophomore and junior year of college. Yeah, quite quite a span so just, for us, like life life yeah, wise like from middle and, those six years. And if you from, go from there to now, yeah, those six years from, with kids. Yeah, so. exactly. Those middle school, middle school, the college years. Um, so I guess you could say the the prequels and then the following sequel trilogy have really spanned a good, you know, formative portion of our lives, but not the original trilogy. Yeah, we should have an episode sometime about just Star Wars in general, like just talking about. Oh, the I other agree. Movie. But not yeah. the purpose of today. So let me see here. I've seen just quickly since we're talking about what, what movies you saw. I've seen every one of the movies except Return of the Jedi. Um, now I've only seen. So let's see here. I saw. 
um, Phantom Menace up through the Rise of Skywalker, like basically when they came out. So mm-hmm. like new run movies. I saw back when they they re released Star Wars, um, and they were the special editions. They re re released them into the theaters in 1997. So I think gearing up for the prequels. So in 97, I saw um, A New Hope, Episode Four, but I didn't see um, um, Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi, and so. But those do randomly play. I mean, I know our local theater plays well, throwback movies and things. I mean, I yeah. think they do randomly play. Even though it doesn't, even though it's not technically like a movie theater, I still count. This year, actually, we saw um, Empire Strikes Back played True. with the Detroit Symphony Orchestra. So I kind of count that as seeing it in the yeah, theater. Yeah, I mean, it was a full length feature. It was on a big screen. There just happened to be the orchestra. Yeah, that was really awesome. And then, very good. So technically, the only one I haven't seen, the only one I've owned, the only one that I've only seen in home viewing is Return of the Jedi. And so hopefully that gets remedied next year because... So for me, it would be Return of the Jedi, and then it would also be Phantom Menace and Revenge of the Sith. No, well, you said you went to the or theater. Not, not Phantom Menace, sorry. Revenge of the Sith and oh, okay. Clone, yeah. Attack of the Clones. The last two years, they've been the, the Detroit Symphony Orchestra has been doing the, um, the, where the... Where the orchestra plays the music and they show the movie. So in the last two years, they've done episodes four and episode five. So hopefully they do episode six next and year. I would highly recommend that. If you have a local symphony that, that does those or... I mean, if you can find it, it's it's well worth it. I know. I was devastated because earlier this year, um, it was like August, they announced that they were doing Superman in concert. Superman the movie, my favorite movie, that they were doing Superman in concert. And I was like, if it's in the continental United States, I am getting tickets and I am flying anywhere to go see it, in, you know, excluding Hawaii and Hawaii and Alaska. And it turns out the showings are in Switzerland. So I <laughs> you're not going. No, I'm not, unfortunately. So today is all of that is to say today is Rise of Skywalker. So what did and this will be full of spoilers. Oh, yeah. I'm sure we will say that in front of every episode. We spoil everything. Yeah. So go see the movie if you haven't already, because yeah. this will be a much exactly. better podcast to I, listen to. I think we mentioned this in a previous podcast, but we're never going to review something that we haven't seen and. Which and so that means we've seen it, read it, whatever, and so we want to talk about it. And so everything we do on here is going to be is always spoilers. Yeah. So and we don't want to censor what we say for fear of spoilers. So, so we're, we're just going to spoil. So let's start from the beginning. Um, prior to going into seeing the movie, what did you know about it? Or because you and I don't always talk about like which trailers have we seen mm-hmm. or whatever. And there was two major trailers released for the movie, and then online talk and chat yeah. and whatnot. So. I'll say that I saw the first trailer just to get myself a little hyped. It came out in the spring or whatever. And then I avoided the second trailer. So I only knew what was in like the teaser trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, so what did, so I, I also saw the first trailers. We, I think we watched it together. I did end up seeing the second trailer beforehand. Oh, you did. Yeah. Not intentionally. It either played before something on YouTube as like a paid ad or it was, or it was, um, a trailer in front of a movie that I saw. I can't remember, but I know that I saw the trailer before I saw the movie. All that being said, I don't dissect trailers and I don't retain them very well. So there could be scenes in the in the trailer that ended up in the movie or didn't, and I don't really remember that. Like I, I have a tendency to not remember those things. Like I get hyped in the moment while watching the trailer and then I lose it. I don't retain any of it. So I know you had mentioned hearing Palpatine's voice in the trailer. Didn't catch it. Well, what's well, yeah. I'm surprised you didn't. I mean, well, it is what it is. But I'm surprised you didn't retain that. I only, I knew that from having just watched like the very fr- the first trailer, the teaser. Which don't get me started about them calling them teasers anymore. Teasers used to be like thirty second, thirty second like advertisements. Like they were like teasers. They were still like shown in movie theaters, but they were like thirty seconds. Now they call the first trailer the teaser, which is annoying because so, they're still like two minutes long. But so at the end of the first teaser trailer. Palpatine's laugh and then people the internet was a buzz about Palpatine being in the movie and what is it what does that mean yeah and I didn't read anything on the internet but about then it. I feel like it was way more blatant like I watched the second trailer after we saw the movie and I think it was like they even talked about Palpatine in that trailer or Palpatine's back or something it was it was, it was much more blatant oh they very well might have and I just didn't but pick you up, said but like, I don't pick up on any of like those things like I'm terrible <laughs> so going into the movie the only things that I was really anticipating or knew or not even anticipating, but like wondering how it was going to happen or, or whatever. Was Palpatine coming back because he was thrown down the shaft at the end of Return of the Jedi? Mm-hmm. And then sort of tied into that was the, um, they you see whatever planet, you see like um, the downed um, Death Star 2 on whatever planet it right. was. And so 
I was curious about. That. I mean, and so I was like, I don't, but I don't dissect them like a lot of the internet or there, there's, you know, big portions of the internet and news sites that try to like dissect mm-hmm. and come up with, with theories. And so I didn't, um, I actively tried to avoid reading all that stuff in case some of them are right or, um, but so I didn't give much thought to it. I was just curious. Oh, I wonder how Palpatine is going to play into this and so how big of a role. I was curious about how they how they were going to handle Leia, because obviously they weren't expecting Carrie Fisher to pass. So you know they would have had to have made rewrites. But I knew that she was still going to be a part of the film. So I was curious to see how that was done. Um, I was also curious to see if they were going to bring back Harrison Ford for anything again, because they would have to limit Carrie Fisher's role in the Mm -hmm. film and they did bring him back, although it was pretty minimal, but I wonder if that is different than they had originally planned. I don't know. We'll probably talk about that a little bit more, but I actually was really surprised that Harrison Ford was back. Um, I mean, he was, it it was was one scene. It was was very minimal, but, but I wouldn't have thought he was going to come back at all. Um, so the last thing before we start discussing the plot is, I know that um, a big thing is how much this either, from people's perspective, either um, ignores or actively even tries to undo The Last Jedi. So what were you, remind me, we did a rewatch of Force Awakens and The Last Jedi before going and seeing. Mm-hmm. Remind me um, where, or like your thoughts on The Last Jedi. Well, I I liked watching The Last Jedi. Um I didn't particularly care for the scenes with like the casino and mm-hmm. that whole side plot. I thought it was kind of just extra and maybe a little overblown and not necessary to the the whole plot. I mean, yeah, they had to get the code breaker, but I thought that could have been done a little bit in a different way. Um, but outside of that, I enjoyed it and I, I liked how they handled Luke. I was surprised by him actually not being there. Having watched it now the second time, I can see that he's not like leaving any footprints in the sand and all that kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. I see that now, but I didn't see it coming the first time around. Like I, I enjoyed it. So, so it, for- I don't know. I guess it didn't, it didn't bother me that they're saying, well, they're retconning the things in from that movie. Now it's for me, it's a mixed bag. The Last Jedi. So I'll say I, I love the Force Awakens. I think the Force I Awakens. Agree. I, the Force Awakens is a remake. Like, it's basically a redo of, like, a remake, um, reimagining of episode four. Like the, Yeah. And, but I love The Force Awakens. And, and it, like, given given the choice of this most re- recent trilogy, I would watch The Force Awakens before I'd watch the other two. But the other two continue on in the story. So. And, so, The Last Jedi is a mixed bag for me because I thought everything involving Kylo Ren, um, uh, Rey, and Luke Skywalker was really well done, or, or I enjoyed those parts. I shouldn't say really well done. The movie was well done, whether or not I enjoyed some of the scenes or not. Agreed. But, um, so I enjoyed all of, all of their scenes. But the stuff with um, with Poe and with Rose, I couldn't, I could care less. Basically, and even um, Poe, Finn, and Rose, like basically yeah. everything not involving Kylo Ren, Rey, and um, Luke, I really didn't care. I, I'm not crazy about it. And so, a, and like I like Finn as a character. Poe's okay as a character. He's kind of he was kind of a douchebag in that. The movie is a mixed film, bag. So so I guess to answer your question, I I prefer Force Awakens. Um, the Last Jedi. There's there's parts of it that I really liked. Parts of it that I was only okay on. Um, together as a complete film, I enjoy watching it, but mm-hmm. not as much as Force Awakens. And I guess I didn't take as much um, umbrage with things being retconned or changed between the two movies maybe that's because i didn't see that much or take issue with that much that was changed well they go out of their way to specifically um like there's a few things first before i go into the few things uh, during during rise of skywalker i thought this is undoing so much of last jedi that you could watch force awakens and go right to this and ignore last jedi because this is this is basically saying last jedi didn't matter. And what's funny is I actually had to stop and think about it. When you said that, it was not immediately obvious to me why. Because like what they had changed. It, it wasn't obvious to me. Cuz Kylo specifically tells them or um specifically tells Out, Rey outside of Rey like your parents in are, Snoke's, are nobody in Snoke's yeah. throne room. Well, well well first of all Snoke himself he, that he's a nobody or like well that we didn't know where, where he came from, and and it didn't matter. And now in this movie, we we, we get the explanation. Yeah, um, that she's a Palpatine. Well, that Ray's a Palpatine, but also that Snoke was a clone of Palpatine. But in Snoke's throne room in Last Jedi, Kylo Ren says, "You know, you're nobody. Your parents were drunks." 
and in this movie that's completely undone. Yeah. Um, and and which could all be written not as like an undoing, but as a as a lie that then that is then rectified. That's true. You, I mean, you, you could, could read you into could take it things. as a as a a purposeful lie that's rectified. Um, I, mean, I guess it's it's all in how you take it. So it's not like they killed people and then brought them back from the dead. And I don't mind the like undoing of things that happen. Like so, basically, since the movies came out, I've been reading articles, and I was reading an article even earlier today about how mad people are. Certain people, I'm sure a lot of people are happy about um, even undoing the Rose character. Like that is like causing a lot of controversy. Not with undoing, how... just limiting her role. True. Yeah. They didn't undo it. They, she's still there. Well, she's still present. Yeah, undo she's is the she's wrong. still a smart, you oh, know, oh, you... tech. I fall into the on camp the, on the planet. Now, unfortunately, it's a it's a it's a hard position to be in because I fall into the camp that didn't really like Rose. But unfortunately, I actually really liked her sister. I was upset they killed her, but they did. Well, she didn't get much. She was just on that bomber. She didn't. I get know, much but of a she role. was a, she was a tough pilot. We didn't. We didn't have. There are not very many female fighter pilots in the movies in general. But so the, the problem with Rose is it's all wrapped up in this like um um this controversy about people who thought that they were adding in a token Asian to the cast and all of this stuff. And so um, she was even like getting such criticism about her weight and about her Asian being Asian and just like she wasn't needed in Star Wars and they didn't need this type of a character, quote unquote, whatever that means to you, that it was, um, you know, it, it was turning in, in, into this political thing. And so now that she was, uh, her, her role is diminished. Probably my my guess is because JJ didn't create the character. JJ Abrams didn't create the character. He was she wasn't in Force Awakens, and he probably isn't crazy about her. And he wanted to work with the characters that he had worked with before. Well, one of the writers came forward and said she had more scenes, and they got caught because most of them were with Leia, and the the Leia imaging didn't turn out. I I think that they're. I read that. Yeah, that was part of what I was reading earlier today. I think they're coming up with excuses. It's hard to know either way. But, but either, I'm not going to speculate. But either way, so. I guess I fall into the camp that was fine that she was marginalized in this movie, but not because of her Asianness or she's overweight or whatever. I just no. wasn't a huge fan of that character. Well, the thing is, if her role was to stay back on the planet, there wasn't anything going on at home base. Yeah. So she's going to have a smaller role. Like that's she happened to be have a larger role in the previous film because she was on the ship and she helped them do quite a few things but like i was reading some crazy stuff when crazy i quote unquote crazy to me i guess it might not be crazy but where people are saying that she was done such an injustice that like she deserves her own show on disney plus oh i don't know about that i did like her character i know you didn't that's is there enough of her character there to have her own show like because and was she done such an injustice because she was personally i would just like to see her in comics i think that's a great character to flesh out in a comic book story it was just interesting to me that like people are like she was like big sites like i was reading slash film like she was so marginalized and why is a skywalker that she needs her own slash film also has a another asian as a major author i don't know if that plays into it but i people will find things to nitpick about i mean people talk about whitewashing in other films it's i just kind of look past that personally i liked her character i understand from a storyline perspective it didn't seem like her character was contributing a lot back at home base or or maybe she was but in a way that's not an interesting story i'm sure she was contributing that's fine i'll say this unfortunately i think a big part of me saying that i don't like her is just because of the i don't like that plot like i didn't like finn's part of the casino planet either so she was yeah. just she was just part of that plot but so. i liked her like keeping him from being a deserter and i liked her oh i agree she had a lot of talk about hope and bringing hope to the younger generation was, which i was, i thought was a great story like she professed that whole side of things and bringing hope to the younger generation that's yeah, her agree. story i agree so with all of that uh, preamble what did you think of the last of uh, rise of skywalker um, so I liked the movie. I enjoyed watching it. I enjoyed the action. There are parts of it that I didn't enjoy. I wish Ray wasn't a Palpatine. I wish Ray had just, I, I liked that she was a nobody, that she was just somebody who had powers. Okay. Anakin Skywalker was that way too, back yeah. from the beginning. Okay. I thought they would go back to that. So this whole duad stuff with her being <laughs> a godchild and Kylo Ren being a godchild of like these two super powerful beings and now they have this connection because they're they're equal parts it felt forced to me I didn't like any of that crap I call it crap because to me it was forced <laughs> and it's J.J. Abrams it screams J.J. Abrams fan service all the way and I think 
had they not been trying to do fan service and had this not been the last of a film of a ah, nine so you set, think it is fan service because I think the so movie many fans could have been are upset better. about The Last Jedi. Yeah, I do. Okay. All that said, I enjoyed the movie, but those aspects of it, I think, make it weaker instead of stronger because they're trying to tie everything up in this nice little pretty little bow. And real world stories are not like that. They're dirty and they're messy and they don't always end the way we want them to. And they don't always have a, a pretty happy ending. And so I felt that some of that was forced. So I'll say that I really, really enjoyed Rise of Skywalker. I liked it much better. Well, I shouldn't say much. But I liked it better than The Last Jedi, but not as much as Force Awakens. Um, I agree on the, both of those points. But I feel the same. I don't really have a problem. I think it's interesting story... Um, there's interesting story you can have with Ray being a Palpatine. Yeah, but then I wasn't... why not bring that in at the beginning? Let her be conflicted as a Palpatine from Episode Six. Why did why do they have to or Seven? Why do they have to like drop that bomb in Nine? I I don't like that. I just wasn't crazy. They didn't know it. They yeah, didn't figure that yeah, out. Yeah, that until is a problem. That is a big problem that I have think is crazy that Disney didn't have this entire like it, it's crazy they didn't even have like three scripts like done. I know before they started and, doing, and that's why I'm saying. That's why the original four, five, six, written by Lucas, are so much better. Well, those he had this vision. This, he had a vision, but they weren't seven, like, eight, and nine are not a clear vision of anybody. Oh yes, I agree with that. So I want to go back real quick. So I, I um don't have a problem with Ray being a Palpatine, but I have an issue with how it was handled in the movie. Like I think the better I've heard um, that some of the early ideas was was that Palpatine sort of um, how. And they, they say in episode one, which is a, a lot of people say is a criticism of episode one, mm-hmm. was that um, Anakin Skywalker was like immaculately, immaculately conceived. Yeah. Um, that it might have been better if Ray was because it's like. Well, that's kind of what I was saying, too. Like if Ray just like, came out of nowhere. Like when did Palpatine get to his banging and he had his <laughs> and he had the parents and what. And the parents were just nobody. Why, like, why, why, why were the parents Jedi's? Why did he not care about his about the parents, Ray's parents, but he cares about his granddaughter? Like wouldn't the parents have been equally as important to Palpatine? I think the better way to work this out would have been to like, I'm not a story. I'm not a screenwriter, but to, to in some way to like that Ray was immaculately. Um, yeah. I'm having trouble saying that immaculately. word, but immaculately conceived yeah. somehow by Palpatine, like using the force to do this. Mm-hmm. And, and there wasn't well, any, and Palpatine's essentially godlike. I mean, he crafted this fleet of, um, star destroyers, presumably out of thin air so like but wh- I d- why isn't that why couldn't that be the case but it, i do find it really fascinating and and really cool story potential that i think in some ways gets paid off in some ways doesn't that our bad guy comes from the good line he's a skywalker kylo ren is a skywalker oh yeah and our good guy comes from the bad side from i the agree Palpatine side. I, I love that idea and i like i love star wars because of the star opera and i love a good story but I think that them having not figured that out until this late in the game is problematic. Well, part of the problem is... That they just now introduced this. Well, I think part of the problem that, is that... That should have happened in the last movie. They should they should have introduced that, really, in in um, whatever number eight is. I can't even Last Jedi. It. Yeah, in the so last Jedi. part of the problem is what we were just saying, that they didn't have this uh, um, laid out and... Uh, everything laid out beforehand before they started going on episode seven, knowing yeah. where everything was going to go. Because Ryan, like JJ, wrote, had did his story, Force Awakens, yep. and Ryan Johnson got to write whatever he wanted, apparently. And so he thought it was super interesting. Like, I've heard interviews with him saying that, like, Ray desperately wanted to come from something. And so, like, the worst thing that she could have heard yeah. was that she was from nothing. Well, and, and un- so that's where he went. Unfortunately, Kathleen Kennedy and whomever else didn't let him continue that story. I mean, he was supposed to do number nine. And no, no, he, he left he because of creative differences. No, no, no. That was Col- Colin Trevorrow was supposed. Oh, to, it was supposed okay. to be J.J. Abrams, Ryan Johnson on eight, and then Colin and then Trevorrow, Colin Trevorrow the, the director but of Jurassic World. Doesn't it make you wonder if he was continuing on and Ryan with with what was already? It put does down? make you wonder. I don't know. Why, and then J.J. was like, "Uh, uh-uh, we're gonna do this different." Yeah, I'm not sure, but it is crazy that they I mean, have this big giant trilogy and they just didn't have a clear plan. They let each director come in and do their own thing. That's fine if you're going to have standalone movies, but these are three tied together movies, and we see the problems, the cracks. Yeah, there's but, cracks. And but the the makings of some really, really like superb storytelling is there, and I think that's what disappoints me is because there is it's still a good story. Yeah. But it could have been a great story, and it's not. Four, five, and six is a great story. But 
and 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 we're diving down into some nitty gritty. Like, I we are. I wanna, yeah. I want to take a step back for a second and just like talk about just um, universally. I thought the movie um, had some some awesome lightsaber action. The yes. the battles between Kylo Ren and Rey are fantastic. There was there was the battle that was on the um the where they were like it was like a force battle where Kylo was on the one the planet and Rey was on the Star Destroyer. That yeah, was really when cool. When Rey was like in his quarters and mm-hmm. he was like looking for her and they were battling but like through time and space basically. Now that is one thing that was set up in the last Jedi how they talked to each other like yeah. through the force. And so that was carried over into this movie, and I thought it worked really well. And so I liked it. I thought the lightsaber that was awesome. The lightsaber on the uh, moon of Endor, which is not the same moon of Endor in Return of the Jedi, it's a new moon where the mm-hmm. um, Death Star crashed. But that that was awesome, like with the water and the waves. Yeah, and I really liked that too. The emotion there, and it was a very powerful scene. It de- oh, it definitely was. And I didn't say this before, but Kylo Ren is one of my favorite Star Wars characters. Right from the get go in The Force Awakens, and I'll say it, I like him better than Darth Vader. I I just think I feel like he's even more conflicted than Darth Vader. A lot of people think he's a like like a lot of there's a lot of consensus that he's just a whiny brat that he's (laughs) he's just trying to live up to his grandfather's like legacy. Darth Vader could have been better, but Hayden Christensen was not the best of actors, unfortunately. Well, I think people are like, yeah in the prequels but so i was um i really liked in this movie that they that and the other undoing another yet another undoing of the last jedi is in the last jedi kylo ren smashes his helmet and it's like okay i'm done with this and i'm gonna just be myself and he doesn't have his helmet anymore and here they rebuild it and i really liked his helmet in force awakens and just giving that like Mm-hmm. Sort of robotic, like again, like the sort of the Darth well, Vader. He wants like, to be like his grandfather. I think his voice is really cool when he's wearing the helmet. Like I think I like um, Adam Driver is a really good actor with or without the helmet. But I thought it was, I was happy to see his helmet come back, which is yet another like you know he, Adam um, Kylo Ren even says it in the Last Jedi, which it's unfortunate. I keep going back to Last Jedi, but there's so many things that this undoes. But he even says like the past is dead, bury it, and and he smashes his helmet earlier in the movie, and now we come back like. We just get to see all the stuff that Ryan Johnson seemed to say, like, we're done with. Like, and so we get to see the helmet, like, being rebuilt. Like, there was, like, I mean, I guess you have droids coming and picking up all these little pieces because, like, it's, like, molded or it's, it's like, um, yeah, they like weld it back together. Weld it back together with these, like, it's red. little tiny pieces, but it looks cool. And so I was glad to see that. But that lightsaber fight on the, um, the, on the water was awesome. That I was agree. really awesome. Even though, except Ray kills him and then brings him back to life. I thought it was super effective and creepy the way that they filmed Palpatine and he's like this strobe effect. And the whole time you're thinking, well, how is he alive? Like, how is this working? He's like, like connected to this what's going basically on this like this big planet? crane. Yeah, he's like, he's like on this crane. Like, what's going on? But it looked awesome. And um, Ray and, Ray and um, Kylo Ren and Palpatine's fight at the end was really good. So... So yeah, lightsaber lightsaber battles are good. So I, what were so, I, so what were some of the just global highlights for you that like just you know not not nitty gritty just. I really liked the the flying. I mean they they flying. Yeah, just the the ships flying oh, around okay. like when Poe Dameron's <laughs> like when Poe Dameron's flying and they're in the battle when they're trying to rally the troops and beat beat the odds basically when there's you know maybe twenty of our resistance fighters and then the whole fleet of star destroyers. I I like um how they strategized and tried to take out certain guns and how they tried to take out the communications tower and i mean that to me harkens back to the original trilogy where they have to be scrappy and they're aiming for the weaknesses that their enemies aren't thinking of so i I like those aspects of it i really liked the um female protagonist the female side character that they brought in who was formerly a stormtrooper um, that African-American lady. Oh, I cannot okay. remember her name. I liked her character. I was disappointed that there wasn't a little bit more of her with working with um, Finn because I saw that as maybe a possible love, you know, side thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe it will be in the future. I don't know. But I liked that they introduced these characters of former stormtroopers that were awakened in the same way that Finn was because I didn't think that he would be an anomaly. I thought that there was there could be others like him, and I was happy to see that there were others like him that would contribute um it was nice to see lando calrissian 
I, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of the fact that it took him to rally all the troops Mm -hmm. in which they had been rallied on their own and not needed him to be a part of it. But hey, whatever. It was, you know, a little nod there. Again, I think that's J.J. Abrams fan service. But on, on the whole, I think those those aspects, which I think are critical aspects of a Star Wars film, some comedy, some love story, lots of drama, good versus evil. Those things are all there, which is why I still enjoy this movie, even though there's things to nitpick as far as the overall continuity goes. Yes. Um, yeah, I agree with almost everything you said. Um, the only thing that I would that personally didn't work for me or I just didn't care quite as much as, as it sounds like you did. Maybe on a second viewing, I do want to go see this a second time in the theater. We've only seen it one time. Mm-hmm. Um, is the the ex stormtroopers, and I think her name is Jaina. I think is the stormtrooper that Finn, you know, gets involved with, and um, on the Moon Vendor, and we learn that these are ex stormtroopers. That didn't hurt. That all those characters didn't quite work for me, but it didn't. It did. It, it didn't bother me too much. But I will say it was really welcomed to see. Um, C-3PO play a, uh, be a big role in this movie. Not because... I agree. Not because it was... Um, I super... He's not my favorite character of Star Wars, but he's... Him and R2-D2 are like Star Wars. Like, you expect... like When you think of Star Wars, you think of Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, C-3PO, R2-D2. And so, for the force... Jana. Her name is Jana. Okay. Anyway. I was close. So, not not Jenna. Jana. Okay. I was close. But Force Awakens and Last Jedi kind of sidelined um, R2-D2 and C-3PO, which is understandable. They're the old characters, and we're trying to get new characters. We have BB-8, which I love BB-8 too. But this movie, it felt, it really added to feeling like a, a Star Wars movie when R2-D2 is, or C-3PO is along for the journey the entire time. I agree. And Bring was, back R2-D2. I want more of him. It was just fun. Like He had... and. The lines that are cheesy lines, that, but it actually make me laugh is, you know, um, I think I think it's Poe who says, like, is it is is there was like one scene. He's like, is, is everybody OK? Finn, Ray and and C-3PO is like, you didn't say my name, but I'm OK. <laughs> uh, like, like yeah. I don't know. It, it worked for me and it, and it really gave me a sense of like the original trilogy, like feel having yeah. C-3PO. It- I guess that is the one other aspect that I didn't mention when I said it checks all the boxes of mm-hmm. things that make a Star Wars movie the droids changing the fate of the universe or, or making a significant impact in the fate of the universe is another part of it. So absolutely. What, one thing I, I want to bring up, not necessarily is um, just a side thought, like what that I had during the initial watching of the movie is they go to this planet, this sort of desert planet, not Tatooine. They go to this desert planet that has this like big giant party going on and they're looking for this. I believe they're looking for the knife that leads them. And um, the big giant party that happens once a decade. Yeah. But what's funny is I guess the um the like DNA of Lucas is still there, or maybe I'm just like reading into it, but like the DNA of Lucas and Spielberg because Pasana is the name of the planet, by the way. Okay. I got a I got a giant um in Indiana Jones vibe when they're looking for that dagger on that planet. Like they're just uh maybe I just get that vibe whenever there's like uh you're quicksand on, and... you're on quicksand. They're on they're in quicksand and they're like looking for this dagger and they like fall through the I don't know. I just got this like big giant in the Jones field. But and, maybe and there, if there was like a booby trap, then definitely. I think there was booby traps, but was there? maybe there wasn't. But it really, it. There's a big I welcomed, snake thing. I welcomed that nostalgic feel. Like I love the Indiana Jones movies as well, um, and so I like welcomed that um, sense of nostalgia that I got. There was. I'll, I was surprised I'll, that Chewie got taken. It, that felt a little too simple. Oh. For them to capture Chewie at that time point, like they just snuck up on him and got him. Like one thing, he I usually wa- puts up a fight, and he's a huge badass Wookiee. So I one, was bummed about that. One thing I wanted to talk to you about in a moment because I have another thought um, is um, Chewbacca and that whole and and Ray with the uh, Force lightning out of her hands. But so, since, since we're staying with that, like the desert planet for a moment, I'll say that like there was some awesome cinematography. Like I thought it was it was like a beautiful shot where they're like. Um, the stormtroopers are um, chasing them, and they have this like co- these colored bombs and this like yellow smoke. It, like, yeah, that's a very cool scene. That's one thing about all these movies, including the Last Jedi. All of them, they look really good. But I think I will say, even though I like Force Awakens better, I think this movie looked cinematically and the cinematography was was the best. There was a lot of things on this in this movie that I think were technically challenging. That particular scene is one of them. Because they were moving at speed. They were moving full speed. I think some of it, or a good part of it, was practically shot. At least it looked that way for some of the the moving sequences when they were on the speeders. And it looked great. I agree with you. So what did you think, putting you back in the seat in the theater, 
what did you think when Ray and Kylo Ren, which is an amazing scene when the um they had their standoff like in the sand and yeah, they're, like, they're battling with the, well, the shuttle in the in air and they're well, battling even, over even it. before that, like Kylo Ren, like chasing her, he's 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 in his uh tie fighter and she's on the ground and like oh, she like, I love the way that she took that out his awesome. tie fighter. That was in the that, that was, was very badass. That was in the first trailer, or at least part of that scene was, or that's how the first trailer opens is like the but that is an awesome scene. But then I want um what did you think? was going on like did you think ray was bad like when you saw the lightning come out of her hand what did you think did you think she was going to be an evil character where did you think this was going no i didn't think she was going to be evil i i legitimately thought oh crap she's more powerful than than she realized and oh. she can shoot lightning no i didn't think I, she was evil i thought she's well i knew clearly this movie was going to explore her um her lineage well yeah i mean we've only ever seen the 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 dark side characters use lightning and now, so I, didn't I thought well there's got to be something something in her that makes her capable of doing that but i didn't think that meant she would turn to the dark side and simultaneously i thought i was disappointed that that was how chewie went out Turns out he didn't, but I was like, really? That's how you're going to make Chewie go out? Like, that's that's not doing injustice. It, so, a few things unpacked there for me. Um, firstly, I didn't think she was going to be Palpatine's granddaughter, so no, that was a either. surprise. But I did think in that moment, I'm like, oh, this is, like, is she going to, like, is this is this movie going, and I was actually got a little bit excited at this thought. I was like, is this movie going where, like, she's going to be the villain at the end and Kylo's going to turn to the light side and it's, it's going to be him against her and she's going to be like the villain at the end. That's not it, how it turned That's not No, how it turned but out. It, it played with it. It flirted that, with it. That like, idea in that moment, and, and you learn pretty quickly that it's not going to happen. I didn't think she had it in her to turn into a villain. But and clearly thought, she didn't. I but. thought, well, because just like you said, you only see the bad guys use force lightning. I was like, ooh, this is, so she's going to be the bad guy. And Kylo Ren, I had the feeling Kylo Ren was going to turn, which he does in the movie, but I was like, mm-hmm. ooh, we're going to get like Rey versus Kylo, but flipped where yeah. kylo is actually the good guy um so i that, that that was my thought in that moment and then um chewy got me i was like it, it like i that was moment, upset but i was well i was i was more upset like about how they went about it i like, was more shocked than upset like i don't super get sad when characters die on screen in any movie although t- with you know since we're on the star wars franchise i did get I feel like I was a fool for not seeing it coming, but I didn't see the Han Solo coming in Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of like a gut punch. It got me. But, and sad. This, I wasn't as so much as sad for Chewie. I just was shocked that that's how he was yeah. going to die. Yeah. Um, but it turns out that they didn't do that. And but. I was I was legitimately sad in, in parallel or in maybe empathetic with the characters when they lost Leia. But I understand, you know, that, that choice as well. And I liked how they did the the Leia death as well, like moving into I guess a different topic, but similar. Similar. I agree. How did you. you feel? Oh, I I thought that. Well, that plays into. I already was speaking earlier about how awesome I thought. I loved everything about that, like second the second Death Star scene about mm-hmm. um like the whole water, like that whole. It's basically like, like Act Two. The 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 lightsaber fight was amazing, and I thought it was awesome. Just in a story, why and 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 you can still interpret like it's a little up for interpretation about like what exactly happened. And you're the one that actually explained to me after the movie that, um, and I forget what I even told you or what I thought originally you, happened. You asked, I can't you're remember. like, why why did Leia's body take so long to disappear? But you and you exp- or it was your idea at the moment, which I've since read that your thought wasn't unique, but it, it was the first time I had heard it that, like, immediately after Leia movie, sent her that, spirit to yeah, like to she bend. used her power to sort of like. You know, give to, into, give, to, give to Kylo, mm-hmm. and he had he. That's like his moment of turning to the good side. Yeah. Was then I think she had to die for him to turn. I think that was all an orchestrated event, and that's why she <clears throat> she left and she went and she laid down, and so because she was like, I need to do this now. And even though it worked for me in the movie, it worked for me even more after you like gave me your interpretation. I'm like, yeah, that works. And I thought it worked for me even more having talked to you as we were driving home or whatever it was um, mm-hmm. after the movie, and um. I think you're right that I didn't think of this in the moment, but I think you're right. Having thought about it after you told me that it probably had Carrie Fisher been alive, it probably would have been Carrie Fisher talking to Kylo Ren in that scene instead of Han Solo. I think she would have projected herself to him instead of just like, instead of us just having the voiceover of her saying Ben, I think it would have been her talking. But I will say it did. But I, I, I like the closing the loop. It with would have been his father. It would have been really powerful had it been Leia, but I also think it worked in how it is presented and and how they did it and they had how they had to because Carrie Fisher is dead. But like Mm -hmm. 
um, Kylo in that moment was able to almost not forgive himself, but like overcome like what he had done, realize and then have, you know, it, it, it mirrored the scene because his father could almost apologize or not apologize backwards. His father could give him and him a chance to say that he was sorry and repent for what he did. Exactly. And it mirrored, even though the story beats probably would have worked better if it was Carrie, but it worked, I think not equally as well, but like 60 or like, like 40% as well being Han Solo because it mirrored the scene in the dialogue of them when they were on the catwalk in Force mm-hmm. Awakens. But this time he says, he's like, I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I'm strong enough to do it. And in Force Awakens, what he means is, I know I have to kill you, and I don't know if I'm strong enough. And he, he does kill him. Right. But in this one, he's like, he says the exact same thing. I don't know if I'm, I know what I have to do. I don't know if I'm strong enough. And this time he knows that he needs, needs to turn to the, to the light side. Yep. And in that moment, he then he chucks his, his lightsaber um, into the water. And it was so. Even though it, it would probably worked better with And I, and I think he is Carrie. strong enough because he's got his mother to help him, to, to support him I in think, that moment. Too. I think because it works super well for me, even though it probably would have worked better as Carrie because his mother and they and she's the one who like sacrificed herself for him. But that mirroring makes that scene work really well. Like if it wasn't written, if that wasn't written as well and mirrored The Force Awakens, yeah. And I got the mirroring. Some, sometimes you know movies you're like, oh, it mirrored the scene. You're like, oh, I didn't even get that. Well, this this was blatantly like like I, I yeah. got it and it super worked. And um, I mean, I think they're even both facing in the same direction when they're looking at each other. Like, yeah. And so again, jumping around a little bit, that's what we do. Um, staying with Kylo Ren being a good guy. Like, um, then we didn't see him for a while. Throughout we didn't the movie. see him after until that. He didn't show back up. Shows up at Exegol, he's, he's helping Ray um, to defeat Palpatine. Um, I liked they, how they kind of like shared the lightsaber back and forth. And we, we might go backwards from, but I want to go to the, to the dying kissing scene. I was like, first, I, I actually hadn't, I actually hadn't thought about it, but like in that moment, I'm like, oh yeah, these characters are going to get, like, I was like, oh, they're going to start a new bloodline. Like, they're going to kiss. They're going to, like, this movie's going to end happy, and they're going to, like, start a new bloodline. Like, these Skywalkers and Palpatines are going to, like, start, like, they're both yeah. going to be good. It's funny and then, because... And then Kylo dies, it, like, immediately. In but. my head, I was like, oh, they're going to kiss. How in the world can he he stay alive? He's he's done so much. He's gone bad. He, he, he started off good. He went bad. He went back good. He's killed his dad. He's been through so much. Like, this man has killed so many people. Like, if you think about the scenes that they've showed him in the last few in, in the last couple of movies, he's killed a lot of people. I was very conflicted in the moment when I was like, Oh, he's, he's, he's going to stay alive and all of a sudden just be good. The world is not going to respond well to that. And then he died. And I was like, okay, now I'm, now I'm okay with it. I, I don't think I would have been okay with him just living a happy, merry life after that. I have those same thoughts as you, but. And Jedi's I, aren't supposed to get married, right? I mean, aren't, aren't, or I guess, I guess that's back from the original, <laughs> from episodes one, two, yeah, and three. Yeah, that's true, like, where it was like <laughs> supposed to be a secret between Anakin and Padme. I agree with you, but I um, did think that um, Kylo was going to be good, obviously. and But I did think, I, not, I didn't go, I'm not going so far as to thinking that people would forgive him, but I feel like people can change. Yeah, I agree. And then from that forward, I mean, we've even watched over this Christmas break, we've We've watched a few versions, Disney FX mm-hmm. of the Christmas Carol. I mean, Ebenezer Scrooge changes. Yeah. It does like the world accept him from that moment as like a miser or I mean, you know, um I think the world can accept him, but I think internally he would still have such conflict over what he did. Well the reason so, part of the, I didn't mention this earlier when I was saying that I like Kylo Ren so, so much as a character. Um it's because I thought it was awesome, even back from Force Awakens. Maybe maybe I'm missing something, but to me it felt unique in that usually people get like seduced or like they feel a little pull from the like they're good guys like like Luke, but they feel a little pull from the dark side and they have to like fight that and they become good. I mean that was like a big part of the of the Return of the Jedi. I thought it was like really a cool idea that like Kylo is base is a bad guy in the Force Awakens. That's it opens yeah. it back. And he's like, I feel the pull from the light side. Like, I don't know. It was like yeah. a mirror. He has image. to go against his own natural nature to be dark. Yeah, it yeah, exactly. Which he, means he should be able to just flip right and back. And he's feeling the yeah. pull and he has he has this family, you know, this family like expectation that he probably has built up in his own head. Nobody wants him to be bad, but he has this like, well, my grandfather was this like, yeah, this force of nature in this universe, and and I want to be part of this. I and 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 uh, and we learn, and I guess this is something that matters in the Last Jedi. You kind of learn like 
why he turns against Luke and all of that. But um, I th- it was the whole ending with Ray and Kylo and Palpatine was I thought really effective. I guess it 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 worked for me. It was there was just a lot of like. It looks like both Rey and Kylo die, and Palpatine sucks all of their energy out to come back to full power, but then there's still just enough energy left for one of the two of them to come back, but not both of them. Like, well, it's, it, There's a lot going on with that, with energy sharing, swapping back and forth, and presumably it's it's almost like making an argument that energy is, is um, limited in nature, and there can only be so much split between the three of them, and, and they're kind of like changing the balance between the people, and... I think it's a little confusing the way they they go about it, but so changing gears real quick from talking about um, Kylo and and Palpatine and Rey at the um, but the other part of that battle was the like Star Destroyers and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. um, I I don't really want to. We can talk about that. I don't have much to say about that other than I thought it was cool, and it's cool to have Star Destroyers that can actually like destroy planets. It's kind of like you don't need a Death Star anymore. The Star Destroyers can do it themselves. Yeah, although technology has certainly come a long way but one, from the original Death Star for in, in that true. world, you know, it's really well. I have questions. I mean, escalated. It's almost like you do. I, I'm normally not a fan of saying you need to turn off your brain and not really think about it too much. But with this movie, I kind of do, and maybe that's a bad thing because, like, when you really start to dig into it, like those like Star Destroyers like came out of the ground, didn't they? Like, are they like zombies in there? Like, I don't know what. Like, Palpatine like raised them up from like the ground on that planet. Well, they would have just been landed. I don't know from but wherever was they were being built. The 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 space stuff worked for me really. I liked how everybody like they had built up that like at the end of the Last Jedi they said that they called for help and then th- in this movie you learn like nobody came and then at this moment like a, a lot of people come. Yeah. But one thing that didn't work and for I'm me, like, did they come because of Lando? Which is the problem I had. One thing that didn't work for me and felt awkward and maybe when I see it again won't or I know it's coming, but. Just the idea of riding those like horse things like on the Star Destroyers, I'm like, this is getting up. This is a little too silly. Well, they're huge. This is a little like like this is a little too fantasy or like Lord of the Ringsy or like something like something just didn't feel. It just didn't feel in. It just didn't feel right, and I don't know how to like, even say it other than that. Like it just didn't feel Star Wars right to see these like, like. I don't think of like Star Wars, maybe because I think of Star Wars as like this like technological like yeah it this, is like, it's very tech you, heavy. You think about tech and like here you had these like but they these, had like, to do it because of what they were doing to true, try to true, shut true. down the tech. So I just wanted to make that comment. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I can mu- see it. I mean, do you have anything else to talk about about the like the end battle up in space or like the or like actually they they weren't in space they were in the atmosphere of of Exegol. But do you have any comments about the? No, I liked it. I I liked that whole side plot with the whatever organic animals they were mostly because star trek star trek oh star wars is about being scrappy it's about the underdog i was watching star trek last night i know that's why it came into my head but it's it's an underdog story and the underdog is going to use whatever they have available to them whatever resources are are around and that was the resource they had so that's what they used that's true now it is a little crazy that the horses aren't freaked out and they're in the atmosphere yeah okay suspend disbelief on, on that, I guess. So the only other thing that I want to say, um, I mean, I, I, I could talk a lot more, but oh, yeah. um, the only other, uh, uh, the thing I really want to say before before I have a question for you is that the um, the opening with Ray sort of like meditating on that planet and doing some training, that was a cool sequence. I do. I, I liked it too. I was a little awkward at first for me when I realized that Leia was the one training her and I'm like, but I was like, who's left? Who else could train her? I didn't. Okay, and then they revealed, they revealed that Leia had gone through training, but then they did she, reveal that. she stopped her Jedi training to be instead become this military general. And I'm like, okay, I could see that happening. I always thought it was weird that one twin was a powerful Jedi and the other wasn't. But I think that's a good splitting of resources between in the rebel Alliance to have one as a, as a general and the other as a, as a Jedi. So I, I see it. So, and who else better to train Ray than, than Leia? I don't think there would be anybody else to train her, but I, I liked the, the training sequence with her. Yeah. I really like that sequence, but I will say that I hadn't considered, and I don't know if I agree with, I don't, I didn't take away that Leia was training her. I thought Leia was just like there overseeing it. I think I kind of got the sense that 
Ray was kind of just training herself, like just practicing, like sort of on her own. And Leia was just there overseeing it. Leia was her coach, without a doubt. And the general internet consensus agrees with that statement. <laughs> well, I can take whatever I want to from the scene. <laughs> yeah, you I can. Don't... <laughs> you can. Um, but Leia was like saying, like, go again or do this or do that. I mean, that doesn't mean she's telling her, like, how to focus her mind powers to use the force. Those, I think, were mostly teachings that came from from Luke. Well, Ending to... with his final teaching mm-hmm. back when he raised the his ship, his old ship. That's true. That's true. Uh, well, I do want to see it again, so I'll have to pay attention to that and see what I think again. But my takeaway when I first watched it was Ray was kind of just training herself and Leia was just there overseeing it or whatever. But the last thing that I wanted to ask you, and um, if you, I don't know if you have anything else, but the last thing I wanted to ask you is just, just to discuss the idea of... Um, one of the big criticisms, going back again to what we were talking about at the beginning of this episode, The Last Jedi versus Rise of Skywalker, is what a lot of people's takeaway from The Last Jedi was, was that anybody can be a Jedi. It doesn't matter what your bloodline is. Like, Rey's nobody. She's a, like this powerful like Jedi in the Force. And um, this sort of like uh, egalitarian view of the Force. And then The Rise of Skywalker sort of undoes that and says, like, no... It is blood. If you're not, you know, a Palpatine or a Skywalker, well, then you're nothing. Like, these are the powerful people. These are the important people in the universe, and that's what's important. I just wanted to see what your thoughts were on that. I didn't take that away from the the movie. I could see where people would come from with that because all the other Jedi are dead. But if you think back through just the history of Star Wars, there's lots of Jedi. Lots and lots of them. I mean... who do Who do we see that's not, like, an important bloodline at the end... We don't, but I mean that could just be by chance that well, they're we not do. the ones who got killed. We do in the last, we do in Ryan Johnson's The Last Jedi. Like you have Broom Boy at the end of that movie. Yes. Like, and so that was like a lot of people's positive takeaway from that movie was like anybody can be a Jedi, and they didn't undo that necessarily. They just didn't show any of it in this okay. movie. I just wanted to see what but your thoughts were. But I think it on still that. exists. I mean, I, I think that power is still there. That's partially why I have a problem with Ray being a Palpatine. I I preferred it back when she was a nobody. Because I I think for a story that's about hope, that's a way to continue on with that that thought and that thread from the beginning to the end is that the hope is always out there that somebody could come from dust, rise from dust. And Anakin Skywalker did. So that bloodline came from somewhere. Anakin Skywalker did. Presumably Palpatine came from dust at some point too. We don't know his backstory at all. But why why couldn't there be somebody that's not a Palpatine or a Skywalker that rises from from ashes as well? I think that exists in, well, in we my see, interpretation. In, now I'll back up a second. Well, I have a, I have a few thoughts going through my head. First is that I disagree with you, and that I like that raise a Palpatine. I'm not crazy about how it was executed. Mm-hmm. I liked, but I do like the idea of Ray being a Palpatine. Secondly, I'm conflicted on it. Let me say, I think this this movie. With no changes to the other two movies, would have been better with her. Well, no, it might not have been any better with her, not as a Palpatine, because that just messes the whole movie. But I think if if they could have executed on her as a Palpatine from the beginning of the trilogy, it could have been done better. I think the way it was executed was not very was not very good, and I would have preferred her in this rendition to have not been a Palpatine. Had they sowed those seeds from the beginning, I probably would have been more on board with it. Because I, oh, I, I see I can... where where. J.J. Abrams was going with it. I just don't think it was executed very well. I can see all those points, definitely. Um, my second thought is this movie does sort of introduce a little bit of a contradiction to what I was saying because Finn displays some sort of force awareness. Um, he senses things. And that was actually J.J. Abrams. And again, it's not... And Finn wields a lightsaber. Well, in episode one. He, or he or episode seven. He, he doesn't. In this movie, does he? He does an eight as well. At one point, she gives him. Uh, Ray gives him her lightsaber. I forgot that. I, I took or, note of it. But um, I will say, J.J. Abrams has come out and said, and again, it's not in the text, so you can. Whenever an uh, author comes out and says something that's in the text, I feel like I have the right to reject it. If they like, sure. For instance, I don't disagree with this, but like, let's say that. I had a problem with Dumbledore being uh, gay. <laughs> I knew that's what you were going to go with. Well, because yes. it's the first, it's the first thing that comes to my mind. Yeah, I actually I knew that. Was I actually like that. I I like that some inclusivity to, um, to the Harry Potter universe. I I like it. Um, but let's but it, but it's not in the text. So let's say let's say you didn't want to let's say you wanted to reject that as a reader. I think that's fine. 
Um, but JJ has come out and said that. So there was like three or four times that Ray was like, or Finn was going to tell Ray something. Like they were, you know, they're going to the quicksand. He's like, Ray, I have to tell you something. And people have speculated, oh, is he going to say like, I love you or like, I'm in love or like whatever. Like, but JJ has come out and said that what he was, um, is that he's going to let her know that he's force aware. He's force sensitive. Like I sense the force. Yeah. Um, and I kind of like that. I, um, I do too. I didn't know, like, what did you think he was trying to, t- and it wasn't answered, it was not answered in the movie, it was a dangling, like, you didn't know what it was, so what did you think? I, well, let me just say, let me just say, I wasn't intuitive enough to really even have a, th- I was like, I don't know what he was trying to tell her. I didn't either. Okay. So, yeah. I didn't well, think it was that he was in love with her, because they were clearly very good friends. I didn't take so that away I didn't either. think that. Some people thought that. But, but I was like, I, I don't know what it is, but it's not that. I do like that he was, you know, I like the idea of that he was trying to say that he was force sensitive. And and um, they met as strangers on Jakku, so I'm like, he's not going to have some random history of her past or some weird knowledge. But like. the other thing I was going to say, uh, basically, I think my last thought uh, for now is that I'm of two minds going back to what I asked you about how do I feel of, um, you know, the dichotomy between The Last Jedi saying that anybody, you know, The Last Jedi's like sort of takeaway could almost be like anybody can be a Jedi raised from nowhere she could be a jedi the broom boy at the end of the movie he he, he could be a jedi like anybody can and the, the rise of skywalker kind of implying finn aside kind of implying that like bloodlines are important i'm of two minds because i do like the optimism and the positivity that it's like it's like anybody can be force sensitive anybody can you know if you tra- train your mind you can you can tap into this force which has been already been established in previous movies as being you know it binds the universe it like surrounds us and binds us and and being aware of it but i like the idea i'm invested in these nine movies and i forget if it was george lucas or if it was jj abrams somewhere when they announced they were doing these seven, eight, nine, mm-hmm. they said like, this is the Skywalker saga. And so like, I kind of like invested, like, it's like, I'm like invested. Like I want people to like, kind of be related. Like it kind of bummed me out. It kind of bummed me out when like Ray was nobody. I'm like, she's nobody. Like really? She's, I kind of wanted her to be, be a cool character. Like, was she going to be Luke's daughter? Was she going to be Obi-Wan's granddaughter? Was she going to, I never thought Palpatine's granddaughter, but like was, and so like, it sort of the same thing that happened to Ray in the movie happened to me where it's like the worst thing you could hear is that you're from nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the lowest point you can go and then you have to like overcome that is, which is what happens in the last did I is like, she learns she's nobody and overcomes that. I was like, Oh, that's sort of a bummer. I was invested in this like storyline. And, and uh, I guess JJ Abrams agrees with like, has that same mentality where he's like, I, you know, she needed to be from somebody important. And so I'm of two minds. I, I see the optimism of being from, you know, being able to rise from nothing. But I also was invested in this story for, you know, nine nine movies now. Plus, if you count Solo and Rogue One, yeah. like, I'm invested it's, in it's this. It's still a Skywalker saga, even if she's no, a nobody because of Kylo. Oh. No matter what, it is a Skywalker saga. That's true. She doesn't need to be in anybody to make this a Skywalker saga because of the rise and fall of Kylo Ren. So let's wrap this up. So you don't, you don't need that. Oh, and one more thought just to, to counter what you were talking about with is it a bloodline story or can anybody be force sensitive or have the force? I think those two things can coexist. I think there can be bloodlines, which are, are inherently more sensitive, just like there are some, um, you know, even within our own world, there are some, some people who are more genetically predispositioned to be good swimmers or good athletes or, or really strong in, in other, you know, skills but anybody can learn. I think that the force could be that way too. So I think both of those things could coexist where, yeah, maybe the Skywalkers and the Palpatines are inherently a little bit more full of the force and is a family bloodline than others. But that doesn't mean that there can't be a nobody who's powerful. That very same concept, since you brought up Harry Potter, is very eminent in Harry Potter. There's people with muggle backgrounds who have magical abilities and people from pure bloodlines who also have magical abilities, but they don't necessarily say that one's better than the other. I think a very similar concept could be true in the Star Wars universe. I think that's a fantastic point, um, especially like the Harry Potter was a great point, but also like I was like, oh yeah, when you brought up the swimmers, I'm like, just in s- swimming ability in general. I, yeah, that's a great, that's a great takeaway and a great point. So, um, so yeah, with that, I mean, well, I think, well, well, I, and I do think that there's still hope in in Rise of Skywalker. I think it would have been. Um, to me, more uplifting had Ray still been a nobody. But so actually, real, real quick before we leave, um, and wrap this episode, 
Um, I wanted to talk very briefly. I just almost forgot that we didn't talk about it. Is the last scene where race, you know, um, is at Tatooine and she buries the uh, lightsabers, Luke and Leia's lightsaber, and she has her own lightsaber, which I read online was yellow. I like missed that it was yellow. I missed it too. There has been no yellow lightsabers, I think. So I wanted to see that again. But so she buries Luke and Leia's lightsabers, and this old woman, like you know, asks, "What's your name?" And she says, "Ray Skywalker." I wanted to number one ask what you thought about that scene and like her like like what does it mean to be a skywalker like why did she say that like why can't she say like i'm i'm, I'm just ray like does that sort of imply that like you do need to be from a bloodline like she needs to be a skywalker can't she be herself so sort of ties in with what we were talking about a moment ago with that last scene i also want to ask you like how do you think the like name of this movie like this movie is called rise of skywalker and that is ties in i think to that last scene where she says mm-hmm. like i'm a skywalker so what are your thoughts on that last scene and specifically her saying i'm ray skywalker i think um it's awkward to be in that connected of a universe and not have a last name so she felt uh, she felt like she needed to provide a last name she's never had a last name finn asked her or somebody asked her who are you earlier and she's like i'm ray and they're like ray what and she was like i'm just ray I think it's harkening back to that scene in the movie where she says, I'm just Ray. And she decided, no, she's not just Ray. She's Ray Skywalker. She's, she's deciding that that, although it's not her blood, that that's the lineage that she sides with. And Skywalker is, is a good name there. It's, it's the light side. She doesn't want to be Ray Palpatine and all the things that go with it. Well, yes, I agree with that. And something to be proud of, like, you know, I'm here in this Tatooine like location and I'm, you know, I'm proud of... Well, be, and, and being on Tatooine, Skywalker is a name from Tatooine. Like, that is a name for itself. I'm proud of so. being an associate of these Skywalkers, Luke and yes. Leia. And so and, and, she takes on that name. And um, then and getting back to the title, I think it's it's duplicitous. So I think part of it is the rise of Ben Skywalker from Kylo Ren. His rise, his, his becoming good, his turn, as well as Rey's... I mean, she already has kind of risen, but I guess her um, accessing all of her powers and fully becoming a Jedi, I would say her Jedi training is complete by the end of this movie. And so she has risen through from, you know, where she starts off on Jakku all the way to becoming a full Jedi by the end. And so, it, and taking on the Skywalker name is also a rise. So I, I think it's it's a multifaceted title. I agree with you. Yeah, great, great thoughts. I agree um, it, it, I feel the exact same way. And I like it when titles are like that because you can take it how you want. So one last thing which only just occurred to me a moment ago is, so I'm sure Disney will answer this question for us. We <laughs> won't have to, we won't have to ask it of ourselves. But in your head, where does this story, where does this story go? Does Ray become, like, like in your head, if you imagine what episode 10 would be if you were the writer, what would happen? Does like imagine there's episode 10 and Ray. So let me ask you, there's episode 10. Heidi is, um, set to be the writer and you have to use the characters of Ray or of limit Ray. And you could use other characters that we know, but let me tell me, tell me what happens. What well, happens in the future? It's a boring movie because at this point, Ray is teaching just like, all the previous movies have kind of ended that way where they're they're teaching just like um okay i have a different take we're at right episode 10 i have a different take what's your take my take is not that she restarts sort of the jedis and like she starts training jedi I, it, it's she could be teaching it and could not be necessarily in i think she might have being jedi i think she just has jedi ad- jedi adventures is a bad way to put it but like she has she's a good person And I think she tries, like, I think there's still First Order out there, whatever. She tries to take them out. Like, she's maybe, but I think she's just on her own. She isn't isolated the way that Luke, like, like, Luke and Obi-Wan, Luke, like, Obi-Wan isolated himself in Tatooine. I I agree with you, but I don't think she would do it alone. I don't think she teaches. She might not open a school, because that's clearly backfired. Mm -hmm. I mean, twice now the school has been, been brought in shambles by one of the pupils. I mean... Um, Kylo Ren did it and then years prior Anakin did it so probably not the best of ideas but I think she at least has a Padawan or two okay to take with her because missions take more than one person were I the writer that's not what my mind sees happening in this universe so much of her lifetime alone 
that I think she's not going to be alone for a little while. I think she's going to do for somebody else what um, what um, Luke was able to do for her okay. before he passed. I, I can see it. My take would be... Um, and again, either sure way, it's Disney it, will tell us your, at your some version point. is a, is a more interesting story. If she's still out there, planet hopping and having, think, having some minor adventures. I think and, she's a rogue. I think she's a rogue and just sort of stays. She's, she's, I think she'll always be connected. To I Finn think and she po. has friends. Yes. I think she has friends, Finn and Poe, but I don't know why, but I feel like she's just, like, m- my mind just says like, she's a, not a loner, but she isn't going to like start a school. She's going to just go on her own adventures, I guess. I, I agree with you on not starting a school, and I'm, I'm rethinking that approach, but I do think she'll teach others. Okay. Well, I'm sure Disney will let us know. Yeah. So with that, um, that's all I have. Do you have Me any? too. No, all right. Well, everybody have a happy new year. I hope 2020 is a great year for everyone. Um, and if you're listening, I hope you had a... If 2019 wasn't a good year, hopefully 2020 is better. And if it was a good year, hopefully 2020 continues on that trend and and hopefully you stick with us and all of our our pop culture and geeky rambling all right everybody stay geeky